are the content rebels. We've got zero time for busy work that masquerades as marketing, and we're done with losing the impact of our big message just to satisfy some SEO or social media algorithm rules. This is a show about marketing for established soloish entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships with clients online. Join me each week as we make your content work for you. Hey, hey, friends. Oh my goodness, this episode is a long time coming and I've been planning it for ages, but there's just, you know, there's just been so many other topics I needed to get to first. So 35-ish episodes, I did a complete content plan for course creators and it was very popular. Everyone loved the episode, but I never got around to doing the complete content plan for service providers, which is primarily who I work with. So here we are. I am addressing it. I am finally getting here. Thanks for hanging on and waiting for it. And I want to I want to call myself out here a little bit because one of the reasons I have avoided doing this particular topic is because so many of my clients don't actually call themselves online service providers. So let's start with a zebra in the room. What is an online service provider? They are typically a solopreneur or at least solo-ish who engages with clients online with the hopes of eventually booking them, turning leads into clients online. Uh, some of these people are very easy to categorize, you know, a website designer, a, a VA, maybe a social media manager, right? Others are not as easy to categorize. They're often people who could perform services in, in person, but they choose to do business online instead. Think of a divorce therapist working as a divorce coach online. And now, yes, most business coaches do fall into this category technically, but coaches and actual service providers, people performing a goods or deliverable type service often have different needs. And the reason for that is a lot of coaches actually fall into the course creator category of how they use content online. So that is the next thing I want to talk about. Why are we talking about content for service providers who often need maybe only five or, or 10 clients at a time, right? Why are we talking about content for people who don't need a big audience? And, and the reason for that is Staying ahead is no longer optional. You have to learn how to market your services just as well as how you learn how to deliver them and provide them. It's, it's all about adding value to your client's journey because the reality is you might be stellar. You might have the most amazing skill set and expertise, but if someone who's got a close to same level as you is providing thoughtful, nuanced, engaging, and relevant content out there, they will eventually get ahead. And I love referrals and having a wonderful network of referral partners. I have always done well with in-person networking, but even online networking for that matter. But eventually, if you are good at what you do, you will outlast those sources. And you could dive head first into, you know, more of those one-on-one -on -one touch points and that will work, but you will eventually outlast that if your skill set is as good as I think it is you will outlast those sources and content starts filling in the gap. Now, I don't know about you. I just don't have that much time on my hands. Even before I had kids, even when I was working more than 20 hours a week, I just always never had enough time for all those one-to-one -one touch points. So content can fill that gap for you. It can lead your audience, big or small, on a journey of realizing where they are, self-diagnosing, if you will, and then kind of stair-stepping, nice shallow, you know, low-level hike staircase, right? 
of building their knowledge and building their skill set so that when you do have your next opening on your roster, you know, you're down to four clients instead of five, they can step in and take that place. They not only know that you are good at what you do and that you can help them, they know that they are going to move to the place they want to get to with you because of all this wonderful content that you've been providing along the way. So all that to say, we're not doing that local marketing. You know what I mean? You're not marketing like a local business, but you're also not marketing like what the US government calls a small business. You know, the Small Business Association of America, they say 50 or even up to 100 people is still a small business. You're not that. You are primarily working on your own. And maybe you have a few contractors. You know, you probably have a bookkeeper, someone that does your taxes. Uh, you may even have some people on retainer, some contractors like me doing content for you, uh, people doing, you know, graphic design for you on a semi-regular basis. You might even have a VA doing, you know, 10, 15, 20 hours of work for you. But you yourself are working in alone. Like whether you're working at a coffee shop, you have your nice little office as a bedroom in your house, you're working alone. And your content needs need to be able to match that lifestyle. And that is the really big difference between you, how you do content, and most of the content marketing advice out there. Because I'll be honest, friends, most of the advice out there is meant for much bigger companies than what we are. They're meant for people that have at least 10 employees, uh, maybe even like, you know, software as a service companies that are hot and heavy in the tech world, right? The content marketing advice out there can be scaled down to you, but it's always a question, right? If you're not a marketing person, it's always a question. Do I scale this part down? Do I scale that person down? Do I, do I ignore this part or do I go heavy on this part and ignore that other part? So that's what we're writing today here. That's what we're going to talk about. The complete content plan you as a service provider need to have in your world. So with all that said, I want to just throw in a little analogy that kind of drives us home. Planning your content is much like building a chicken coop. Now, my husband recently built a coop for my dad at his house. And since this is the fourth coop that my husband's built, long story there, we can cover it one day. It's definitely getting easier as he goes. My husband's not in construction. He has no training there. But he had a plan because he's done this so many times. He had a plan for purchasing supplies to avoid, you know, five Home Depot runs per day. He had a general plan for the layout and even a plan for getting the main coop built quickly with some of the add-ons coming later. For example, chickens don't lay eggs right away. It usually takes them five, six months to kind of get to that stage. So as the chickens, you know, need nesting boxes, he can have those on later. And earlier even, as the chickens started outgrowing their brooder indoors and needing literal space to stretch their wings, they moved right on out into the new coop because he had it timed and planned out. That is what we are doing with your content plan. You don't have to do it all at once, but we do need to have certain pieces ready to play with as we need them. So you can metaphorically, not literally, stretch your wings as well. So we're going to explore how a complete content marketing plan for service providers follows that same plan. So I just want to say that we got to talk a little bit about understanding the importance of a content plan as well, right? Um, we use content to create a buzz around our brand and what we offer. We use it to captivate our audience and we use it to drive them towards action. If you are not ready to work with people, you don't have any openings on your ro roster, that action is going to be joining an email list where, ta-da, you share more content with them and bring them along the journey. So it would make sense if we have something to deliver in that newsletter form or in that email form before we put them there, right? So having that plan in place before we start willy-nilly posting, spray and pray posting or random acts of content, as I love to call it, would make sense. 
And I just want you to imagine a scenario where a potential client stumbles upon your website, right? They're looking for information, answers to their questions, a solution to their problem, you know, what have you. Your content can be the guiding light that leads them through a journey, providing them with some valuable insights and getting them at least partial answers to what they're doing. That's how you start building credibility or trust. And of course, you know, your content can take various forms and formats. It can cater to different preferences and learning styles, consumption habits. I'm a big fan of podcasts, obviously, but you might not be. You might be more of a video channel person. All of that is good. We also have social media posts. We have emails. We could create infographics that go along with our frameworks and models or the steps we often take our clients through, right? By diversifying with reason, because you, again, are a solo-ish person, our content, we can reach a wider audience and let them filter themselves into our narrow, small audience that lets them build that trust with us. So all of that to say, we want to be doing the same things that we do that I talk about all the time. Whether you're a course creator, whether you're a you know bigger business, you're still analyzing your metrics, you're still paying attention to which content works, which content doesn't work. But as a service provider, we are paying really close attention, not so much to likes and comments, but to action driving metrics. What is actually getting people onto our list? What is getting them to reach out to us personally with a message? Those kinds of things. Those content pieces are your gold and those are the ones that you will repurpose either by regurgitating or by restructuring with a new analogy or hook. All right. We're going to still set content goals, just like we're going to measure our content. We're still going to set content goals. And, you know, I'm a service provider myself. I know the power of an intentional content plan around the, uh, you know, the interwebs of private programs, Slack channels, of Facebook groups filled with colleagues. I have heard people say here and there that, you know, content pro plans, robust content strategies, they're, they're just not necessary for service providers. I really, truly couldn't disagree more. The difference is we are looking for content that creates, builds, and nurtures relationships rather than content that creates traffic. Now, it's not to say we don't want traffic and eyes on our website. It's not to say that if we have a service page, we aren't driving people there. Of course we are, but it's not our primary driver. We're not trying to enroll a course three times a year with 50 students each. We're not trying to work um, on filling a membership and managing churn throughout the year. Our goal isn't eyes on page. Our goal is, I mean, not to be cheesy, but like hearts connecting. We want people to resonate with our content. We want people to say, yes, that is for me. That's where uncommon content really plays into your content plan. You have to stand out to do that, obviously. That's what uncommon content is all about. But you do still need to lead people on that trust building journey. And for a service provider in particular, this is more important than anything else. We aren't aiming for viral, viral posts. We're not aiming for viral posts, but thoughtful, intentional content that brings your audience along that know, like, and trust journey. We want to deepen the relationship that we have with them as part of the process. Now, the first time this happens you might feel a little weird. Someone's going to reach out to you and they're going to make it sound like your best friends that you've known each other for a long time. This is a holy grail moment. It's still going to feel weird. It's going to feel really awkward. You're like, who's this person? I don't know them. And the reality is they know you. You now get to take the time to get to know them and let them know that, hey, I see you. But your content is what got you there. Your content's ultimate goal is always going to be listen, comprehend, apply. They, they read or hear what you're saying. 
they get it, they understand it, but then they go apply it. Every piece of content you create is going to do that. And it's going to bring people on that journey. And you can use stories to do that. I used like the building the chicken coop analogy here to kind of bridge a gap. Uh, you can use other ways. Um, I've talked in previous episodes about, and I'm going to have, by the way, in the show notes of this episode, all of these in far more detail. We're going to talk about the listen, comprehend, apply more in detail, storytelling more in, be- in detail. But beyond that, we're also going to have all of my content guides and frameworks. Um, I call them the three, three, four, four, right? There's three M's, make, measure, multiply. There's also different ways you can multiply. Those are the three R's, my three R's of repurposing. All of those are in the show notes. I'd love for you to go ahead and read them. But we're we're also going to talk about systems. You still need all of this as a, as a content person, whether you're a service provider or a course creator. Uh, you still need to have a content database, a content system. You need to have a good content strategy that's relevant to you as a service provider, not as a different kind of business. You still need all of those things and you still need to employ them. How you employ them as a service provider is going to be different. If it's just you doing this, the database is going to be your friends because you're not going to remember all the things. You'll forget about epic content you created three months ago even. I promise I still do it on a regular basis. You still need a system so that when you get busy with client work, especially when you get busy with client work, right? You know that, well, on Monday, I always do this, this, and this to get my content out there. And obviously, we already have talked about it. You need a service provider specific strategy, right? And so that you don't go crazy, you can still follow my old, new, borrowed, and blue content planning chaos-free method, right? You use some old content, you create some new content, you borrow you borrow other people's content, and then you create some kind of off-the-cuff, out-of-the-blue content that shows people that, yeah, you're still a person, right? All of that is still something I want you guys to do. But I want you to do it through the lens of being a service provider online, of knowing we are going deep rather than wide. We want to bring people on a a journey that deepens the nurture relationship that shows you know your stuff. Yes, but you are really good at helping their particular case use. And yeah, we want some traffic on our website, but we're not looking for a thousand hits a day. We're looking for way, way fewer good hits. We need to remember that engaging content is going to get us there. It is the thing that you can build your business on still still network, still build referral pathways, but use content to help those people so that when those referrals do go to your website, they see you've got an arsenal of content that proves you are good at what you do, you know what you do, and you can help them. They go hand in hand. I'm not telling you to replace everything you do as a lead generating tool in your business with content. That is not the point but a complete content plan that is specific to your use as a service provider is going to be the thing that bridges the gap between where you've always been, you know, that uh, trough valley and, you know, peak entrepreneurial model that we've always talked about, right? And getting to a more even place in your business. It's about building a warm pipeline that's always ready to book with you so that when you do have, you know, your fifth client drop off retainer, you don't lose 20% of your income right there and then. That is my goal for you. And having a good service provider centric content plan is what's going to help you accomplish that goal. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. 
If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.